I want to know you're a cunt. <laughs> and so is your fucking breath. Smell like fucking old semen. <laughs> I like how you tried to time that as soon as we started corn. <laughs> I did. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Black Brew. I'm Aaron, and I'm your co-host today. Uh, Terry is not here, but Zan is back as a guest co-host. Hi. Um, and the reason that Terry is not here, everyone, is because today is Terry's birthday. <laughs> so we're gonna play a little a little music for Terry. Yeah, I play the nigga version, whatever you about to play. Okay. All right, everyone. So we have three topics for you today. First, we're going to talk about Jamal Bowman and Marjorie Taylor Greene having a screaming match. Um, and then later, we're going to talk about Hart and the backlash of their brand trips that's been happening and DEI issues and alleged racism and blah, 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 influencer drama. And then last, we're going to talk about the difference, because some of y'all need to understand the difference, because some of y'all don't know the difference between a hoe phase and a slut phase. So we'll talk about that. But first, Zan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why'd you laugh? There's not going to be a sound effect when I say this. Oh, okay. Let's get into some political tea. Let's get into some political tea. To be fair, Trick was sitting here waiting for the sound effect this time. Oh my god. He's staring at the monitor to be honest. It's time to bring back Josh. It's time to bring back Josh. Oh, bring bring a nigga back. Viewship gonna go down. <laughs> okay. So um this clip has been going viral on Twitter, TikTok, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitter and TikTok. Um these two Congress people, they had um I'm just gonna play the clip for the odd uh the listeners. Come on now, save the party, save America, save the children, do something about guns. Come on, invest in education. The border is the border is what Trump left me. What are you talking about? What kids? We're accepting them. We love them. We love the migrant children. What do you mean lost them? You can't find them. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, migrant children. No, no, we don't know. I don't know. That's Fox News. That's Fox News. Listen, I need you to save the party. Save the party. All right. All right. And then after uh, they were were arguing about, you know, because this was happening literally after George Santos did his little thing. And by did his little thing, I mean had 13 felony counts. Um, and then she later came out with another video. Well, she didn't come out with a video, but she came out with a statement about her interaction with Jamal Bowman. Let's take a listen, shall we? I had to have so much security. There was not enough. I was swarmed. It's all on video. Everyone can see this. But I will tell you what's on video is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to. That is like calling a person of color the N-word, which should never happen. Calling me a white supremacist is equal to that, and that is wrong. 
Jamal Bowman was down there cursing at me, telling me to get the F out of there. And he was leading the mob right outside the vehicle I was sitting in. We have this all on video. And then at, on the Capitol steps yesterday, he was the one that approached me. Even CNN reported that. Yelling, shouting, raising his voice. He has aggressive... Uh, his physical mannerisms are aggressive, and he just recently uh, shoved Thomas Massey um, at just outside the House chamber. I think there's a lot of concern about Jamal Bowman, So, and, and I am concerned about it. I feel threatened by him. Um, he not only led a bob, mob there, but his boisterous lies. And I'll tell you another thing he said outside there. He was saying, save your party. I kept telling him, no, save the country. It's not about political parties. We shouldn't care about political parties. We should care about the country because no matter what our political beliefs are, Jamal Bowman, I don't know what his political beliefs are. I know what mine are, but we both, we both swore an oath to serve the country here in Congress as representatives. So I, I am very concerned about Jamal Bowman. Well, um, yeah, so this let let's talk about this uh situation with Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jamal Bowman. Uh, how do you feel about that whole interaction, Zan? I can't stand that funky bitch. I know she smells like onions. <laughs> Wait, I just know deep in my soul that she is such a rancid person that it leaves from the inside of her body and goes out of her pores and she smells like fucking rotten garlic and onions. <laughs> Well, not the gar. You added garlic to the onions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Specifically, the rotten. Mm -hmm. And you can also tell you can tell she's full of shit also because of those damn roots. Can't keep the fucking roots touched up. Oh my god! But my biggest complaint is for her to sit there. Clearly, we've all seen the video. We can see the whole interaction. It's just them going back and forth. But for her to sit there and call him aggressive, different stuff, understanding and knowing full well the power of those statements and the power of those type of allegations come from her as a white woman to a black man, she knows what she's doing. It's all calculated. And on top of that, for her to sit there and be like, oh, well, white him calling me a white supremacist the same as saying the N-word, she won't even say the word. As my favorite clip from CNN, say it. That's my favorite clip too. <laughs> yeah, say it. If it's the same amount, like if it's the same, just as bad as what you're saying, say it. But you can't even say it. Like be fucking for real. You're fascist and you're fucking racist. Extremely so. And that's why you left New York after 10 minutes. Yeah, I, it's so, it's just so like her press, press conference, which I think that was actually, she like, was delivering the articles for impeachment for Joe Biden, but someone had asked her about the like the uh, shouting match that they had. But what's interesting about this is I was really just talking to another person of color about how dangerous white women are and how people, I don't think people realize how fucking dangerous white women are at enacting white supremacy in this country. But the fact, like like you said, she couldn't even say the N-word. Then she said calling a person of color the N-word as if every person of color has has had the N-word. It's not even to people of color, it's to black people. So there, there's your first mistake right there. Your second is you can't even say the word, but you can say white supremacy. Third of all, I I have no choice but to be black, but you make a you make a deliberate effort and choice to be a white supremacist. So there is there's the other thing right there. And then I mean I am sick and tired of white women, their tears, and the way that they 
try to use everything that they have in their arsenal to try to criminalize black people. Um, and then like, like the, like, this is what we talk. This is what people mean when we talk about white feminism. She's sitting here talking about how, like, oh, I'm a woman. He was so aggressive to me. My life was in danger. I felt so fearful of my life. And, like, this like this is the kind of things that happen to women. But at the same time, she wants to be a part of a movement that, like, takes away women's right to choose, is transphobic, is, like, racist, was a part of a Nazi movement. So I, it's just like this whole like, oh my god, I'm so afraid of my life, white woman shit. I'm so I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Exactly, and it's like what pisses me off more that white women are able to detach themselves from this type of situation so easily. But between me, you, and pretty much every every other person of color, especially black people, I know there has been an instance when a white woman has tried to weaponize tears against us. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. One try, it ain't work. But there was another one that tried and it kind of worked. But I was just like, be fucking for real. Because like, it doesn't matter like how much work we've done, how well people know us. As soon as they see a white woman cry, oh, it's over. And they know it. It's like they're bred from the time, from the womb to the tomb. They Not bred. <laughs> from the womb to the tomb, they understand the amount of power and stuff they hold within those tears in itself. And it's, I think I was seeing a lady talk the other day. Which she was like, this is exactly why white women voted at about 70, 70, either yeah. 70 or 76, yes, percent for Trump and all that. But then want to be upset when their rights are challenged. But now they want everybody to run, cater to them, help them and everything. No, we're tired. We tried to explain to you. We tried to hold your hand, but you want somebody to baby you and shit. But at the same time, you still want to suck the dick of your racist ass brother. Shut up. It, woo! it is. It's so disgusting. I was really, literally telling last night because we were talking about white leftists and i was telling him about how like every white leftist i have known in my entire life has wronged me in some kind of way and it has mm-hmm. usually been because for some racist ass reason i cannot name a single white person in my entire life who is not who is uh, first don't this is besides the conservatives because i'm not even friends with them but the people who claim to be progressives and liberals and leftists and democrats all this shit Every single last one of them has done some shit for me to be like, and you know, it's fine. We're all human. People make mistakes and whatnot and all that shit. But it's the fact that like every time, like I've been thinking about every time ever since I became like politically active when I was involved in college Democrats, when I was posting on Facebook, like, I don't know what it is, especially with like white women. Like it is just so wild that like they want to like claim this like leftist like ideas and shit they have or whatever and then like at the same time they want to like date men who are conservative like i remember there was one bitch who i was friends with but no longer friends she's stabbed me in the back she's betrayed me was like oh you know like he gets drunk he says like a faggot but like he only does it when he's drunk and i'm like and you're okay with that Mm-hmm. And you sitting here talking to me, a queer person, and you're okay with that? And this man is straight? Whenever I had difference of opinions with my white leftist friends, they wanted to ch- challenge my intellect to think that I was somehow stupid when I was talking about, no, Bernie Sanders has an issue with race. No, Joe Biden has an issue with race. All these people have an issue with, like, race. And y'all want to challenge me on this? And y'all are white and I'm black? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just... It's, it just 
to wrap, go back to what I was saying when I was talking to about this was that he was saying that he, I can't remember, he was like watching, it was either a podcast or a YouTube video or a book or something. It was some form of media. And this person was saying that for like revolution to happen, that they were imagining like all the people of color would kind of build some kind of solidarity because we can no longer wait on white people to truly like actually like be about the shit that they talk about and that we're going to build the train and we're going to go. And if white people want to jump aboard the train and actually be a part of the movement, they can do that. But we cannot depend on them anymore. It's like they're not helpful. They they can't, they fucking everything up. And we really just cannot trust them anymore because even the people who are leftists, they are always doing some racist ass shit. So I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what? That makes sense to me. I'm tired of white people. They like this is why I this is why I really cannot talk about policy with white people anymore. I really cannot do it. No, it's completely exhausting. Like you have to you have to literally kind of steal yourself for your day and prepare yourself mentally to have like any type of discussion with a white person about race or anything. And it's just like and they also want you to just be excited and enthused to get a chance to educate. And it's like, no, bitch, this is my fucking life. This ain't class. I'm not trying to educate every five fucking seconds. At this point, crack open Google. Do something. Like there is no reason for for me having to like listen to this and deal with this and tolerate this type of bullshit year after year, day after day, and none of y'all ever fucking learn. Like I, there's so much, there's nothing else we can fucking do. We have tried everything. And then there's still people who try to plead and it's like, oh, we just need to like try to be nicer, try to like tone down, try to do all this. I'm not doing respectability politics with somebody who wasn't going to see me as a person to begin with. Exactly. And that is my biggest thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like her. They think anything that a black person does is ammo, which in a way they're correct because that is the way society has set it up. Anything me and you do is going to be a target. Yeah. So at this point, why do I have to be reasonable? Like you're going to find a way to make anything I do a problem anyway. I'm tired of being reasonable. I'm tired of just being sensible just for your like white sensibilities. I'm going to act up. Now, if I somehow find my way into your family and I find my way into a wheel, mind your business. <laughs> because the one thing they hate more than anything is to have integration in the family. Mm-hmm. And I recall Malcolm X saying, by any means necessary. Mm. By any means. Come on now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, so you Sister said- Terry has already made that move. You said... <laughs> Not sister Terry. Not sister Terry. <laughs> oh my god. Um, um. Yeah. I mean, you said we like we both have had white women tears inflicted upon us. Um, I remember the first time it happened to me. Um, it was when I was running when I was involved in Montevallo College Democrats. And um, I was the only black person, I want to say only person of color, but only black person who was like in the leadership board. It was full of nothing but like, it was like two, three white women and a white man, give or take, they were all white. And I think I was, I was a PR officer. And then like when the election time came around, I said, I was like, okay, someone said, maybe we should like have you run for president. And like, it would be a good idea. And so I ran for president. Um, and I remember I had I was black president. All of my officers were white people. Um, but I remember I couldn't get any of them to do anything right. 
like at all um or not even right i couldn't get them to do anything like at all period and i remember i was like okay i have one one of this one of the officers they would not do they were very bad at doing their pr job and like make doing posting publicity stuff for like the organization and so i decided to take it upon myself to like do pr and i remember they got so upset and sent me this long ass message about how I was being so disrespectful to them and just like being so rude and just being like, like not trusting. Like, it was just like, I was just like, what? Okay, like, I'm sorry you're upset, but also you can do your job. And so I had to do it for you. And I had been asking all of y'all to do your jobs and y'all don't do shit. So what was I supposed to fucking do? And then I remember going to this dinner with like all of the fucking like college Democrats like in Alabama and I remember it being pretty much like, it was just like, it was like, so why? And I was just like, this is just so irritating. I just had a white person literally like, um, they're, I think they're, I think they're, but um, at the time they were not, or they, anyway, I was just like, wow, white women tears, me being accused of being a horrible person and a horrible leader, but it, it has happened very often. So... Mm -hmm. And personal relations and professional contacts. Mm -hmm. Horrible. And it's crazy. It hurts more when it comes to somebody who personally knows you. But then again, I'm so crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, you are. But I'm so crazy where, like, in personal relationships, they've tried it. And then I don't know what my face does. It does something. But I look at them and they suck that shit right up. Mm -hmm. But, like, the main instance I can think of, like, the white woman tears, which they've tried it a couple times at this job, but it just will not work. I have too much of a pigeonhole at that job. I don't know why, but I do. See, that's not even who I was thinking about for you. No, I was about to say, uh, my biggest thing was, uh, you remember when I used to, I guess you have to bleep this out, but, uh, mm. and that whole racist incident there. By the way, you can leave this one in. Fuck they're racist they don't do anything they don't fix anything they will not any type of racist incident that happens there they are not gonna give a fuck and they will promote that bitch later so like you remember when i was working at like and then i told you about this one racist white woman who worked there and they knew she was racist but they only kept her because she got credit cards all the time mm -hmm. so i'll i'll be like i wouldn't really deal with her i'll be like hey i'll speak you know we're southern so I was speaking all that. This is the same white woman who I overheard her telling somebody else, again, who was white, that there's only two black people who work there. It was me and a dude named And so she was like, yeah, I wonder if the uh, rumors about black dick is true. Actually, I think she said that to because uh. Yeah, came and told me. And I was like, what the fuck? So fast forward to the situation that had to do with me. I'm in the back minding my business with my manager, by the way. And we're just like chopping her fruit or whatever. And she comes up to me and she shows me her phone. She's like, hey, Zan, like, look at this meme or whatever. And it's just like Will Smith saying, like, what's up, nigga, or whatever. Woo! And, yeah. And so I'm just looking and I'm like, okay. And she's like, yeah, you see what it says? And I was like, what? It says, what's up, nigga? And I paused and I looked at her. She, wait, pause. Yes. No. Yes. No. I guess I never told you fully what happened. Zan. Yes. Did you hear her? No, wait. I had to I had to mentally register. I had a knife in my hand, by the way. <laughs> I was chopping up fruit. And I set down the knife and I looked at her and I was like, what'd you just say to me? And she was like, 
what's up nigga i punched the metal she table. said it again yeah she said it twice i punched the table and i turned around and i hit the water heater and i was like get the fuck out of my face because i was about to suck her in her face and she got scared as fucking she was like starting to freak out or whatever because i guess at this point no one knew that i was fucking crazy i don't know how i hit it i mean but, but to be honest like that ain't even like that's a legitimate valid reaction that's not like an uncrazy reaction for a white person to be saying the n-word to you twice yes and then tell me why when i went out i bust through the back doors and i went straight to like the front desk you know like in the front of a, a books a million whatever and i told them i was like this bitch just said this stupid ass white bitch just said fucking nigga to me and they were like what i was like yes she just said fucking me and then i punched the front desk and i took off to the back of the store and i bust out the back door and i was losing my shit and so then the store manager came and she was like i know it's real upsetting i got i was like do you not understand what the fuck this girl just said to me and all that shit so i'm going off she's trying to cry her way out of it but clearly it's not working because she said nigga twice but the shit that pissed me off, and this is why I also don't find solidarity with white gays, especially mm-hmm. our regional manager was a white gay man with mm-hmm. bedazzled jeans. Mm-mm. And so he came and talked to me. He was like, hey, he's just like, you know, we're going to um black, like blackball her or whatever. And we're never going to promote her or anything. Yada, yada. But be very clear. They did not fire her. They're just like, we're not, we're going to make sure she never moves up or anything, whatever. And at the time, Mind you, this is also when I was graduating college. I was already stressed out. I was dealing with all of this other shit. There's so much shit going on at that time. I was just like, fine, whatever. I just don't want to deal with her. I was like, make sure she never fucking speaks to me again. Make sure we never work at the same time, ever. And so fast forward, when I finally leave and get a better job and start paying more or whatever, I leave. Guess what they immediately do? Promote her. Yep, to Andrew. But you know what? That's wild because her boyfriend that was on meth that she was helping off left her because she was toxic too. So it's just like that whole like that this see this <laughs> this is why as I as do I do not find solidarity with white gay men and why capitalism is also a bitch because like the fact that like you just had some traumatic shit happen to you and then their response is not even considering the fact that you have to work with a fucking racist as a black person and they're like oh don't worry about it. we're just not going to promote them as if that fixes the scenario where like a white person said the n-word to you t- two times said nigga to you twice and they literally just oh like just say like oh we're not gonna promote her just says oh i'm not gonna do anything about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that i mean that, that that just show you right there this this is what i say white people who are leftists they get on my nerves they really not about that shit they they only care about themselves. They only care about themselves. And then mainly pretty much everybody who worked there claimed to be a very uh, liberal white person. And that's why I... Do. Yeah, and I never trust them. Whatever I hear that leaves somebody's mouth or they say the words, I voted for Obama twice, I'm not trusting you. No. Because who, who the fuck just casually says that? Do you look at another white person and say that shit? No, they don't. Then don't fucking say that shit to me. I don't give a fuck what you did, bitch. But I want you, you to know as a black person that I'm not racist so that way we're comfortable so i can adventure say the n-word and you can are you oh i have told every white person that i've come into contact with who i'm cool with y'all can run my references which is i would say as uh you can bleep that name out i don't talk to her but i told them it's literally as soon as we start hanging out i was like hey i need to let y'all know something if y'all ever fuck around say the n-word in front of me i'm gonna beat the dog shit out of you i'm gonna beat you till you can't see and at first they were like haha i was like no haha i was like i will beat you to your fucking numb <laughs> and so they never did it of course 
I mean, they're good people too, so there's no reason for them to ever do it. But like, it's just so wow how like, like I remember like at that party where I made I put forth the whole effort to invite to that damn party. Y'all know black as hell at Montevallo. It I got all these black ass, and then here go fucking white queer fucking. I actually think their name is now because they're transition. Whatever, fucking Nicki Minaj, come on, nigga. Oh my Every god! Black person looking like, oh, wait a minute now, wait a minute now. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I only. I didn't. I, it's always some kind of excuse about why they said it. Lance coming up trying to console the fucking black people, reprimanding the white person saying, "You need to leave. You need to get the fuck out." It was just. It's just like I don't understand why y'all gotta say that word. It makes no fucking sense. And then it's like, even with like this microaggressions where you're not saying the word, but you're clearly doing something racist, at least Lance can sold the black people and condemn the white person because you can't say that for your. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you cannot, you cannot say that shit for because did not do that shit immediately as per society and as per white supremacy, as per where the fuck he grew up, he took the side of the white person and was trying to condemn and try to like calm down the black people who weren't even fucking upset yeah i mean i whenever i tell people that story all the white people that shit like i cannot believe how many white people like came up to me and like dm me asking me to like console and i was like y'all are asking me the person who was a victim of a racist incident to console because she's crying, but I'm the one who had to see it and who had to deal with it. But like I had five, six, seven, eight, nine white people walking up to me, DMing me, texting, blowing up my phone. You sh you should have made that. You should have made the art project that she said you was going. Hey, but I was literally I was gonna make an art project that whole thing happened, but I was also gonna tell because if I would have told that shit happened he would have cussed her the fuck out and would have found a way to fail her or something because Colin don't play that shit period period he might be from Texas but he don't act like Texas like at all and the shit that fucking kills me is the same time all those white people were like coming to you talking about trying to get you to console her at the same time you remember they were trying to talk mad shit about me because it came back to me that people were trying to talk shit about me, about me being upset as I was about the whole situation that happened. They felt like I was blown out of proportion. But the funniest thing was, no one said that shit to my face. I only heard of it through the grapevine. And so, like, as soon as I, like, looked at somebody and made a face, all of a sudden they quiet. But they, y'all have a lot to say about the way I react and stuff to a racist incident happened to one of my closest friends. And y'all was real quiet when it was going on. But also when I react and all that, it's a problem. It's like, oh, she shouldn't handle it that way. Oh, she shouldn't do this. Well, let's see what respectability policies got y'all. Y'all still alone. You're still broke. You're still lonely. You're still over there crying to your three cats who be shitting in your closet. Like, like what did those respectability politics get you, really? And I, then... Wait, I go ahead. I go ahead. Not them still be trying to like my shit now, and you remember? Oh, fuck, fuck, uh, shit. Uh, fuck that bitch! <laughs> fuck that bitch! I see. Okay, see, this is also the thing about these white leftists. They, you know, this is this is the only thing that I can at least say that is. I I, I can't even say that about conservatives. I was gonna say at least they don't do this, but like 
the fact that like when black people endure some racist ass shit that like white people need to decide they they think that they are the authority to decide how we should react to some racist ass shit the fact that like <clears throat> if i see something racist and i react a certain way they want to be like you shouldn't act that way you should act this way you shouldn't act that way you should act this way instead and i'm like who are you who the fuck are you to tell me how to respond to something that is racist mm-hmm. who like at the end of the day they always want us to put like have white people in mind like yes. we can be upset but like not too upset or else it's gonna make their food taste bad in their mouth and their food already tastes bad it don't be seasoned exactly mm-hmm. all they put is goddamn fucking water and salt <laughs> Let me sell the fuck out that food. <laughs> that shit, you know that shit gonna have some salt, goddammit. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next topic, which is the uh, recent backlash that has been happening with the Tart... Oh, okay, let me try it again. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the Tart... Bread... Oh, shit, I can't roll my eyes. I can't roll my, that wasn't even me rolling my R. That was a B. That was a sound. Anyway, the tarp <laughs> brand trip. Um, so y'all know about if you or if you have ever watched, if you are involved in, you know, the beauty guru space and influencer space, then you know about these beauty gurus who were invited on a tart brand trip to I forgot what island it was, where there it was a villa a villa on some island. I don't know what island it was. But Free, all expense paid trip. Um, and there was some controversy because some of the influencers had smaller room sizes than other people. Um, some people were not able to like experience some of the events that they were either promised or they expected to experience. And so the CEO has like responded to some of these claims and people are talking about how Tart uh mistreats their influencers and that everyone is not treated equally um how do you feel about the general discourse around the tart brand trips zan i was in disbelief not at the fact of it was tart doing something racist it was the fact of people are still buying tart products Mm. because literally because me and you have been in the beauty influencer space for like not like working we're y'all we just fans we used to just like really be into it for a bit but um what was it around when I was reading that article you sent? It said around like 2018, but I feel like it was before 2018. Like it couldn't have just been 2018. That was when I graduated college. So like it had to been sometime before, but Tarte has always been known as a shady bitch. Their eyeshadow palettes have always ranked too cool and too gray for black people. They're, they've never made the biggest falling out that I can remember from Tarte, which is why I'm surprised they're even being talked about now, is that their foundation that came out after everybody was using the Tarte uh, shape tape was not made in any shades for black people Mm -mm. and so it was like that became a huge thing and like two of the biggest like people like two of the biggest black influencers like Alyssa ashley and like and uh jackie i don't know if Alyssa ashley she i don't know if she was i remember remember years ago jackie Ina talking about the uh the tart not like i I remember it was it was definitely before we graduated college i remember jackie Ina talking about it yeah and it was like really bad and it was like this is unacceptable because you can't sit there your main audience one of 
like people buy products they have been supporting your brand the whole time and you can't even take the time to sit there and figure out like colors that work for black people is disrespectful so for them to be surprise surprise do racist shit i'm not surprised because they didn't want black people included in their products to begin with Mm -hmm. what do you think yeah i i i mean i don't i don't buy tart i'm i'm black as hell so i do not buy tart. <laughs> there's no reason for me to buy tart products cosmetics at all whatsoever um in terms of the brand trips i now i only watched one of the uh tea spill videos and i uh read some of the articles and some of the tweets about it and so it's really interesting to me um because the my initial reaction was oh my god like they have these women of color and they're like treating them like worse and some of these other influencers and like specifically i was i was thinking about cynthia because she was the one who made this who like went viral because of like her room being like smaller than anyone else's and then saying how like she didn't get a chance to stay for season two but then like some other and they kept showing like some other people got like bigger rooms and you know got to stay for two weekends and it was i think her name is uh what is her name Gloria, Gloria. I don't know. I think her name is Gloria or Gloria, but she is a dark skin, uh, beauty guru, and Cynthia was talking about how like she didn't really explain the way she explained it. I was just like, this is not really coming across the way that you might think it is, because you're complaining about you got a small room, and that like this other influencer didn't, but then like she also has darker skin than you. And then you're saying that it's racist. And then also it's like you got to, even though you got the smaller room, you also got a bunch of free cosmetics and you got a free trip to this island and everything was paid for, like something that most people won't ever get to like to experience. And granted, yeah, it is your job, but like my job don't send me places for free. So I'm just like, yeah, there are definitely racist issues inside of the tart industry and they have a lot of shit that they need to address but like that people have been talking about for several years but like you in a small room is that that's 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 the bar that we're going at in terms of like tart because you accepted the the invitation to go on the tart trip as a person of color and i guess you like their products i don't know but then but the fact that they chose not to have products for black people you were like oh that's fine i can still go on the trip but then, oh, I got a small room. Now I want to, like, call out Tart for being a shady, you know, uh, company. I'm like, oh, okay. That's... that's... It comes off really tone-deaf. Entitled, yes. Entitled. Yeah. Like, the... um, Like, I understand the other Tart controversy with the girl. Uh, I think her name was Bria or Bree with the uh, Miami trip. And I understand it more so because when... I was like, when I was at your apartment, we were watching that tea spill video. It makes sense for her to be upset because it was a Formula One trip and she wasn't even going to see the race. She was going to see practice matches. And mm -hmm. when she found out that she was literally, technically her whole trip was only going to be one day and people were going to be there for at least like two to three or even four days. So that just seemed like very suspicious and weird in itself. And I don't like the way that the whole Tart CEO tried to go about that shit. She was trying to be real dismissive and she was like, I don't like anybody who smiles in an apology video while putting on like their fucking makeup. Like, bitch, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, that didn't even make any sense to do. 
So yeah. no, I she was full of shit, but she's always been full of shit. That's why I can't understand why people still support Tart. Like, why are they even still like that popular? I didn't even like it's crazy. How can they even afford to still send people on influencer trips if y'all were actually active back in the day when everybody would like start to boycott Tart or boycott Tart? Then they would not still be where they are. And it's so confusing to me. Cause Tart yeah. shit isn't even good. It's chalky. I don't even I, I also don't understand the whole issue with the like the um going to Miami and seeing the race because in the end they were able to buy like a bunch of extra tickets and they're like, oh, we gave everyone the tickets to see the race on Sunday. So now they have the option to choose whatever day. And I was like, well, why don't you just like put them all on Sunday to begin with if you had the option to buy tickets for everyone? You should have just done that to begin with. And her excuse was like, I just no one she was like, I what I think is important is not what everyone else thinks is important. So she was like, we're gonna offer them all three different days, and like it's like whatever. Um, some people said they prefer the the practice days because it's less crowded and they got to like actually like go down and like meet the people and do stuff and it's more intimate. But like also it's like the people on these trips they want they want to be in front of the maximum audience as possible they are influencers they want to go on sunday where the actual race is despite the fact that most of them probably don't really care about the race they just want to fucking be an influencer at the race but that's besides mm -hmm. the point but she her smiling in those videos is so fucking disingenuous you can tell this bitch literally does not fucking care at all about these controversies she's like i'm gonna continue making my products for white people and call it a day and these people, these people of color, they can continue to come on these tart brand trips and be tokenized. Because I, I don't know, why are they going on the trips? I, I don't know. But you know, at the end of the day, I kind of, I can't be mad if tart is like not only paying for a trip, but also giving them money. Like, you know, make a bag whichever way you can. But just like, morally speaking, I can't thoroughly support somebody who like, if not everybody can be included in the shame rage. Like, it's really important for like people of like of every shade to be able to find makeup and the fact that you're supporting a brand that in 2023 still does not do that is insane to me yeah i mean that, see yeah that's like that's the, that's why i'm so like like yes tart should be held accountable for like the the shady way they're treating these influencers but at the end of the day i'm asking myself okay you're an influencer you're an influencer of color a lot of y'all are dark skinned a lot of y'all, I'm assuming, don't even use Tarte because what are you using? Like, what products are you using from Tarte that actually work well on you? And I'm assuming that your your fan base is also a bunch of people of color. So, like, and a lot of people of color are not also not using Tarte. So I'm thinking to myself, what does it say about you as an influencer going to the, I know we all got to collect a, collect a check one way or another, but, like, mm -hmm. if your whole job is branding and shit and providing, you know, like, marketing and influencing other people, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, why would I want, like, what, why would I, if I'm your fan base and you go to Tart and you telling me, bye, 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 Tart, 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 I'm like, bitch, I can't use Tart. So why the fuck would I continue, eat? like, what? I just seems to me, I'm just like, why, why are you even like giving them the time of day and then knowing the history of tar why are you somehow shocked that they treated you differently when they don't even offer your shade mm -hmm. like i i feel bad 
because like especially if she does support the brand i'd hate for any type of black person to be in like such an awkward and painfully awkward situation like that because we've all kind of been there with like a white leg company and to some extent or even with a white group of friends it's just very uncomfortable but tart is tart like i can't if you see black, all these like black eyeliner or something because i don't know what the shit they what probably is- just still using that damn concealer that concealer had the girls in a chokehold until that shit happened which is crazy because there's so many other good concealers with people who actually carry our shades yeah like the only person and this is gonna sound so fucked i hope this don't sound that fucked up but like i'm okay with letting anybody go like especially like makeup wise capitalism capitalism i could find another replacement but if maybelline if something came out about maybelline this is the only instance where i might have to turn the blind eye you know what i feel that i feel because maybelline fit me i have my product maybelline (laughs) shit mascara shit let me let me fuck around and hear something about essence Mm mm-hmm Oh no! Mm-mm. I mean, honestly, like they—they they, Revlon is just having another. They're having a branch of themselves, and they're not having this issue with like all. Of, granted, their uh branch of is in a hotel and not a a villa. So, um, yeah. I so I yeah. I mean, I don't I don't understand. Like, I just don't like what. Like somebody had to get the room, so like I don't. <laughs> somebody had they all different sizes somebody gonna have to get it so i don't know i should have read more in how Fanita ended up getting involved because as i was telling you before i love me some Fanita, but she she was getting dragged from fucking state to state they was dragging the fuck out of her for some shit she said because i think she offhandedly said something about like i i did not see the video so take what i'm saying with a grain of salt I feel like she was trying to be like funny about it, but she said cracked a joke about being a token black or something. From what I heard. And I was like, girl. And so a lot of people are trying to give Fania like some type of grace because they were like, she's young and this is her like first time like being on the internet for real, for real, like and being popular and all that, which I agree with. Like from everything that we've seen, like people who like start to slowly grow influencers online, it is a learning process and people are not taught how to properly do it but like i hope she didn't say it like that <laughs> i hope she did not say it like that because that that just sounds bad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right well we need to move on to our last topic for this podcast episode oh, that mental pause um i know so Context. Um, Zan, you want to provide us context for this? If you gonna have to, because I wasn't. Um, because <laughs> this wasn't even meant to be a topic. But I just I've told you, you was like, "Ooh, that'd be a good topic." So, like, the context is apparently people don't understand the difference between a slut phase and a hoe phase. And I thought I just always assumed that was like a common sense thing that like the difference between those two like it's obviously not the same thing but apparently some people truly think it's the same thing mm. so Aaron, what is the difference between a slut phase and a hoe phase for you well i think it's important to first of all define a slut and a hoe so to me to be a slut is a state of mind to be slutty is a state of mind it is how you feel how you choose to express yourself being a slut does not mean that you're around here sleeping with 10 20 30 50 7, people 
that's not what a slut means. That's what being a hoe is, but that's mm-hmm. not what being a slut is. So a slut phase is a f- era in your life where you decide that you want to express yourself in a way that you feel is slutty. Um, you don't have you can you can have a slut era, slut phase, and not sleep with anybody that you like at all. Um, so and you can have a hoe phase and not be slutty. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. be a non-slutty hoe because I know a couple. Um, and then you can be a slutty. You can be slutty but not be a hoe. Mm-hmm. So there are two different things. One is actually sleeping with a bunch of people, and another is just like state of mind and expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that because clearly, not stupid. A slut phase. I. I mean, I guess technically I will be in my slut phase, or I've been in my slut phase ever since. Like, you know. The happening. I can't wait. To put a, I can't wait to put in no sound effect for that. <laughs> but like, the slut phase is literally one of those things that really helps you let go of your ego and let you actually live in your body. Because there's no true like context or like any type of like borders for what a slow like a slut phase is for somebody. A slut phase is completely independent and depends on you as a person. Yeah. So like, what's slutty to you? won't be slutty to another person and that's why i really like it yeah it's like it's truly freeing and enjoyable i just been having my teeth and my ass out ever since winter been living my life and i feel great like tony the tiger they're great yeah anyway yeah i mean for me i'm also in my slut phase but i feel like i've been in my slut phase since like college so um there's that um but i feel like for me right now um, in my side phase, I am also I I go to work in nothing but mini skirts and bodycon dresses because I'm like, you know what? My professional attire is going to be slutty. I'm not going to fucking work in non-slutty attire. That's just how I feel. That's how I want to express myself. But also in my slutty phase, it's also for me, uh, uh not just the way I dress, but also the way like I choose to like uh communicate with people like i'm learning to be comfortable with my i don't know if i don't know if sexuality is the right word but like i used to be and this is kind of like when my slept phase it's not really merging with my whole phase but like i have pretty much always kind of had a whole phase. like i just i like casual sex i like hookups one night stands mm-hmm. um but i have had a history of a lot of friends slut shaming me um, ever since like college, to be honest, or like because a lot of my friends they just were not into like casual sex, but I love casual sex. And for a very long time, I've used to feel really bad about like uh having casual sex because all my friends are very much like, I want to have a long-term committed relationship, I want to date someone, I'm gonna get married, I wanna have kids, I wanna have a family. And I was like, I wanna fuck casually until i can't until my doctor says if you suck another penis <laughs> until my doctor says that to me i'm gonna get out here i'm gonna suck some dick so but my friends that i've had in college and onward i have always felt like they have such shame me and judge me for like uh first of all just being very open about my like sexual life like i'm very like i'm an open book like I told, like I will tell it all to people. People I just met, like first time I meet people. All it takes one drink. It listen. <laughs> it really will, and uh, I feel like a lot of times I I have been judged for that. And so for me, 
my slut phase, phases, I'll start learning to be comfortable with the fact that, like, I just have a different kind of, like, sexual experience than other people and learning to, like, be okay with that and love myself at that and to not allow other people's slut-shaming to make me feel bad. Bitch, I'm just going to take a quote from Nicole Byer. Like, you're just mad because you ain't getting none. And I'm getting all of it. So, suck my dick. I love her so much. I do, too. I but genuinely love her. She is so great. I know. I And see, I don't never like that. I don't like when people choose to, like, slut shame just because they want to be, like, a fucking prude or whatever. Sexual liberation isn't here and just exists solely when you want to exist. People have sexual freedom. Let people be sexual beings. Like, we're not sitting here. This ain't fucking high school when they're teaching us abstinence is the correct way. Like, mm -hmm. no, she's not fucking realistic. People have sex. People get to enjoy sex. People don't have to enjoy sex in the context of marriage or even in a committed relationship. Hell, you ain't got none of these people's last name. That's overrated. Yeah. So, like. I don't know. The first name, the half the people I've had sex with. I know. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, here on the polar opposite, I can't really do casual sex or anything, even though I've always kind of really wanted to. I just realized it's not for me. So my like my slut phase is more I like to hear like my friends sexcapades, which I do enjoy. And I usually get my little popcorn. And then I don't own a single full length shirt. I think all my shirts really are like <laughs> you really do. <laughs> all my shirts are crop tops. Ooh. Most of my shirts are like low cut, like having like hella cleave. It is, yeah. All my skirts, all my shorts are like super short, they but are. that's because it's something that I'm comfortable with. And I really didn't come into like that phase or anything until I went through like a whole ego death situation. And then I went through damn near like a slit slash like bimbo like core like situation. And that really did help me gain a lot of self-confidence and comfortability in my own body. And so my slut face is just me becoming comfortable in my like femininity and my person. And it's wonderful. I'm eating this shit up. Yeah, I mean, see, I, I I am not as comfortable wearing crop tops or, like, showing as much skin. I, I can show legs, and, like, I'm just not starting to be comfortable with showing cleavage. Cleavage. Cle Damn. Cleavage. Damn. Um, but, like, other parts of my body, I'm like, mm, I don't know about all that. Um, but that also was just gender dysphoria. So, um, mm -hmm. but I love my friends who show they scan and show all of their bodies and are just pretty much just naked outside. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so. my favorite thing. I love when like somebody be half naked and all of a sudden a breeze come up, they like, oop. And I was like, bitch, me too. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe this. I've been finding a way to like find like slightly like more like mass outfits and make it like hella slutty. Ooh. and i have been super into it y'all lucky y'all are lucky i got some big boobs because if i had some small boobs i'll be in absolute menace i'll only wear bikini tops everywhere mm, that that would be interesting but unfortunately my titties are too big for that type of tomfoolery could you imagine if you did that oh my god <laughs> i would not be able to breathe you would need a like actual like force field so like that like you would need no you would need you this is what you would need you would need nigga repellent <laughs> you would need to spray your body with you know how people the shit that we spray for like mosquitoes mm -hmm. you need but for niggas so you tell me to carry a can of right <laughs> yes yes carry a can of right when you 
intruder? Who? You act fast. So do we. Raid is the fastest ant and roach killer on the market. The fastest? Raid! Get Raid and get tough on roaches fast. SC Johnson. You know what, surprisingly, which is like so nice, whenever me and like go out and we're out doing stuff and all that, have not been bothered by a man once and I have lived for it. I am enjoying myself so much. That's good. Right? It's been a while since I've been catcalled. Isn't it kind of nice? Which is so crazy because it's starting to get warm outside and it's usually worse when it's like summer. Mm. Yeah, but I haven't really been, you know, out. Yeah, against your own bitter judgment. What you mean? You want to be outside. Oh, I do. I want to be outside so bad. I can't wait to go outside. I can't wait to just be out in these streets. I want to be in the streets so fucking bad. But I'm a committed woman. I'm going to be in these streets with my girlfriend. Aaron going to be in these streets. Mm, probably going to be interesting. Oh, my God. No, think- oh. I think next episode is going to be our first Pride Month episode. Oh my god, it is. We got to think of like some really gay topics to talk about, actually. Last time we had a bunch of gay uh, guest co-hosts come on. Oh, do you have anybody in mind? Well, the last time we had, it was some bitch who I'm not even friends with no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an ongoing record. And then we had Keisha <laughs> and we had Lance. So I might invite those people to come back on. Um, I don't really know any other queer people who would want to even come on to the podcast. Unless you, you got some, you got some friends. I actually do know queer people. We should actually, them. I wonder. What is, I wonder if would do one. That's who I was thinking too. <laughs> that would actually be funny to get on here. Okay, so yeah, we got to plan. Um, plan that, and then we're gonna have every week will be a bunch of gay ass topics. So. Oh, we should like, oh my God. You know what? Gay Mutt is also known for like, we should do a kink episode. Ooh, we did that <laughs> last time. We did kink at Pride. Oh my God. Oh we my God. It's like a regular, just like, because I don't think we've done like a kink episode, but wait, maybe we have. Was it in the first season? No, it was when it was when Terry joined. We did a kink episode, but Terry was like, I'm not going to say all my business out loud because I ain't going to say my business out loud, so... You know what? When I talk about it, I'm not going to talk about whether or not it's my kink, but I will. I do know an extensive, aggressive amount of kink knowledge. We can talk about kink without actually talking about our kinks. I love talking about kink lore. I also love talking about how people think they're doing something right and they're doing it wrong. Like, for example, I don't have a foot fetish, but I love talking about foot fetishes with people. It's very interesting to me. I do too. I was actually telling the other day how I used to do this thing when I was younger where I would go on Instagram and I can tell when somebody with a foot fish was going to be another like underneath the picture so I would go to the comments and I would scroll until I found the first foot fetish comment laugh and then go off of it <laughs> and then I had to tell how there's like certain pedicures that like you can tell are strictly for foot fetish content have you ever wanted to um you know sell feet pick yes Yes. Have you ever done that? No, I I have considered it. Have you done any kind of sex work? Surprisingly, according to like, especially with like all the people I'm friends with, no. Damn. But I'm the main one that jokes about it. it is the first you thing really I say. Really are. <laughs> like, 
I'm I so prepared, but I just I haven't. I cannot believe that I have done sex work. I cannot believe, like, out of all the people, I'm like, I would never. I'm like, I don't. Zay would be the one to do sex work, actually. She is the ultimate slut. So, but everybody always assumes it's like me doing shit. Usually, I'm just not. You I ain't really got nothing are. against it. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. You're so pro and so sex positive. And people are like, yeah, this bitch is definitely selling her pussy online. I'm very actively and aggressively pro sex work. I've even advocated for that shit at my job. <laughs> <laughs> and I was explaining how, like, somebody was trying to talk shit about somebody like selling pussy. And I was like, actually, it's good for her to be an entrepreneur and take like ownership in her own body and for her to sit there and make money in any means necessary. I admit it to people at an academic conference that I did sex work. <laughs> it was <laughs> after a drink. No, nah, but it was after several drinks <laughs> to the point where I could even see straight. They were talking about OnlyFans. I was like, "Oh, I've done OnlyFans before. I do sex work. I have a Twitter and all that stuff." Oh my god! I know, and I was like, "These are people who are like my <laughs> my mentors." Oh, <laughs> yeah. My, you know, my whole my balls, my dick, my titties, all of it is available on Twitter. And OnlyFans. It's on the Bird app, Elon Musk. Oh, my face is not, though. Of course not. And then luckily for you, you do not have any, like, identifying marks on your body, like, any tattoos or, like, piercings. Well, you know, I like to quote that Kim Kardashian quote. Um, Honey, when she was on Wendy Williams, would you put a bumper sticker on a Bentley? I've seen that bitch butthole. She can shut up. <laughs> I have literally seen her brown eye now on her face. Oh, my God. And honestly, that whole tape wasn't even that good. You know what? I'm telling I keep telling people Mimi and Nico's sex tape was better. Tell me why I've had this full discussion at work. My job really should get on this HR department because we have been talking about some very wild things at the job. I ain't doing your job. <laughs> but no, me and uh me and like one of my coaches are talking about how like that made everybody run out and buy those damn shower curtain rods. For real? and what did Kim Kardashian get us to buy? Nothing. Nothing. Can you believe that somebody uh uploaded her sex tape on a Roblox? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so bad for this, but you know her kids play Roblox. <laughs> oh my god! That was the only time I felt for that woman. I was like, oh my god! I hope she has explained to them. Mm. All right. Well, we have to end this episode of Black Brew. Um, once again, we'll say happy birthday to Terry. Terry! Happy birthday, Terry. Okay. Um, you ain't got the enthusiasm I got. That's okay. Okay. That was pretty weird. But... Love you, girl. All right. Um, yeah. We'll see you next time uh, on Black Brew. Goodbye. Bye.